a hood, a car hood. Oh, wow. To a Jaguar. And I am going to do a painting on it eventually. It's oh, huge. Wow. It's in yeah. my garage. Like an actual car hood. Yeah. Not a ornament, a hood. Okay. <laughs> an actual car hood. Today, you are here with Skybecker Yamakawa and J.L. King. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sky. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Doing good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Today, we will be talking later about painting on functional objects and what that's all about. But first, we're going to start with our opening segment where we get to talk about what are you working on? So what have you been working on? Oh, I've been working on a piece that's coming up for Modern Eden in January for the Year of the Rabbit. So that's going to be a fun one to make. I've been scrambling my brains coming up with an idea for that. There's a solo show I have coming up next spring, and I'll tell more about that as things come up for that. But yeah, those are the two things that my brain is working on right now. Cool. So the Year of the Rabbit, is that related to the Chinese New Year? Okay. The Chinese astrology. Yeah. Yeah, rabbit next year. That'll be a really neat show. I'm excited to see that. Do you know when it's opening? When is that opening? Early January. So probably within the first two weeks. I don't remember the exact date. Okay. Currently, I am getting ready to start painting on my giant San Francisco heart. Right. That's going to be so cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I had mentioned a few episodes back that I had just finished a public art submission that I've tried many years before and I haven't gotten it. And I didn't know if this year might be the year. (laughs) And that's yeah. I love those arts all around the city. I really do. Yeah. They're very cool. I love seeing them over in Union Square and I guess Josh Coffey, one of our guests said there's one in front of the hospital that he goes to regularly. And my husband said there's one in a bank that he used to pass when he'd go to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see them all over. I see them in front of people's houses. You have. I think people buy them sometimes. Yeah, they can buy them. And I guess if you go to the website, you can see on a map where all the hearts are, but the ones that are bought by individuals aren't shown. Oh, you can't see those. Okay. Yeah, but I think there's one that's in San Jose and they're all over. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I like seeing people take pictures in front of them. That's always me fun. too. Well, we will be right back to talk about painting on functional objects. Hello and welcome back. Today, JL King and I will be talking about painting on functional art. Functional art versus a piece of fine art. If they technically are both fine art, but a functional piece of art would be an object that has a utilitarian use like a flower pot base to a lamp or a sculpture for a base of a table or there's even like the famous BMW art cars Mm -hmm. so do you have any others I've seen a lot of paintings on different objects Mm -hmm. clothing things like clothing bases yeah there's a lot of benefits to painting on a functional object but then there's also cons pros and cons so the 
goal of painting on a functional art is to enhance the objects that are used in daily life. And many of the products we use, such as ceramics, quilts, baskets, furniture, have a practical purpose, but they also can be ornamental or artistic in their manner. And we're not like referring to necessarily the design aesthetic, right? The industrial design component. We're talking about more when an artist takes a flower pot, for example, and paints it. So the pros are when you paint on a functional object for me, it always feels like, okay, I painted on something that somebody can actually use, right? They'll use in their daily life as opposed to they have to find a space on their wall to hang it. Right. So, and have you painted on a lot of functional objects? Not a lot. No. I mean, I, let's see, I painted on records. I painted on a skateboard, painted on cardboard. I don't know how functional that is, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, repurpose to me I think about things that you get that are maybe you could find at a thrift store or something like that that you could repurpose like flower pots uh, pottery things like that right even clothing you just personalize it right the upcycle component of painting on functional objects right and then there's the what I heard on your one of your uh, previous shows with Leilani when she's doing it on the Louis Vuitton purses right that's right right they hired her to do that so that's another version of that and it's her brand right they want her work on that object on that uh, purse mm-hmm. or tag well the reason why i thought of this was we were watching the hbo show the great pottery throwdown where the artists they have to make a ceramic object in a certain amount of hours and so you'd see these artists and they would spend they'd say like you have 12 hours to create a tea set And you would see them laboring over this Mm. for 12 hours. And then I thought, well, how much are they going to be able to ask for that T-set in terms of what's their hourly wage? So that was one of the cons I felt with painting on a functional object. Because it still takes you just as long to create it, a painting, for example, but you can't necessarily ask $500 for a teapot. No. (laughs) That's true. I mean, that I guess that would be one of the cons for the artist, unless they're a well-known brand of a name as, as far as a well-known artist. Right. At least sought after something like that, then they could probably get a pretty penny for the, for the commission. Right. But, right. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, maybe it wouldn't be as uh, valued, but maybe it would be, I don't know. I guess it just depends on who's commissioning the piece or who's buying it and likes your particular work. That's true. And another thing is with the, with objects that are being used on a daily basis, their lifespan might not be as long because mugs chip and pots crack and break. We have a pot painting event happening at my house and we've run into all kinds of issues with pots chipping, paint bubbling, squirrels knocking them over. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. The longevity of the, of the piece that you're making. Right. pretty really cool stuff on clothing Mm -hmm. I've been asked to do stuff on things like that haven't been too excited or thrilled to do that I've had ideas in Mm -hmm. my head maybe I wanted to paint on a you know a piece of clothing on a jean jacket or a leather something that signifies my style of work but yeah I've seen some really cool stuff I mean there's Sandra Yagi who does the paintings on Axl Rose's leather jackets those are really cool and then he's wearing them on stage I think or something like oh, that. oh really I didn't know that she did that yeah oh cool good stuff and then you got to learn how to how to work with the material and the medium too 
Right. right, right. So yeah, that brought us to the next part was when you mentioned that you've done the vinyl records and you've done skate decks uh-huh. and cardboard. So, and I, I've had the experience, I painted on the utility box, the boxes for the city of Sunnyvale. So that was the metal. I've done ukuleles. Have you done any musical instruments yet? I have not done instruments, no. My studio mate has, she's painted on a guitar. Okay. Acrylic. Very cool. But we've both done the records, pots. For one of the ukuleles, the person actually built a stand and then asked me to paint the stand to match the ukulele. So that was fun. I'm painting the heart. So that will be another sort of functional object, sculpture. Frames. Have you painted on any frames? No, actually, I haven't painted on any frames. I painted frames in my paintings. (laughs) but Right, you have. Funny enough. Yeah, no, I haven't done that. No, but I've seen a lot of that done. Yeah, that'd be a kind of a fun thing to personalize with your painting too. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. And I've done, you know, plates and mugs, shoes, aprons, and I upcycled some wine crates and painted on those. And I do have some projects in the future, a big one in which I will be painting on an upcycled non-traditional object. But it won't necessarily have a functional component. Yeah. No, I know what you mean by that. I mean, it's still not your non-traditional, I guess, uh, unconventional painting surface. Good word. Unconventional. (laughs) When you paint on the different surfaces, you obviously have to treat them. Right. So how did you treat your vinyl when you painted on it? Yeah, that's the thing. When I was doing the vinyl show with Wonderland, a few years back, I was kind of struggling with the thought of how I'm going to paint because I wanted to stick with the medium that I like, which is oil. Right. But I know that's not, I mean, the oil would get into the grooves of the of the record. So I went to the hardware store and I just asked the experts, how do I get my oil paint to bond with this material? And this was just simple, as simple as getting a primer. Oh, really? Just getting a primer, just like you would Uh, use a primer for, you know, the iron that you don't want to rust, something like that. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's been great. And it actually adds the longevity of the piece. So it'll make it last longer than just painting directly. I haven't talked to another artist if they use oil directly on the record, but that would be kind of, yeah, I don't know how they could do that. Maybe they use gesso. I think most people use acrylic, Mm -hmm. but I used oil. So, and that's how I and did you use the primer to do the skate deck as well? As a matter of fact, I did. Yes, you did. I did use primer for that. I okay. sprayed it with primer first, and then I painted on top of the primer. Oh, you did a spray primer? Yeah. Okay, because I had to use... You can use the, the brush one too, but it, the spray was easier, faster. Yeah, because when I did the utility box, and for the heart, I guessing as I'm preparing for it, the same process, you have to score it. So I will had to clean it, wipe it off and then score it with a sandpaper and then do the primer mm-hmm. and we brush the primer on. And the primer, I use gesso a lot. I use gesso on my skate deck and on the vinyl, uh-huh. uh, the record before I painted on it. Right. But the primer actually forms a latex skin. Like you just peel it off because it got everywhere. <laughs> Uh, we had to peel it out of somebody's hair and 
Did you, were you using spray primer? No, it was a brush. It just splashed everywhere. Yeah. Maybe it's the type of, of the brand of primer. I'm not sure. I used Rust-Oleum, I think. Yeah. It might've been that tight. Yeah. So that was the other thing was how do you treat the different surfaces? So use primer. I used gesso on the ukulele and the skate decks on the wood, basically. Wood? On raw wood, right? On any raw wood. I prime it with the gesso just to seal the surface. And then for metal and fiberglass, I use primer, like house painting primer. Okay. On metal then, that's cool. I haven't never painted on metal. Yeah. Glass might be kind of cool too, but I'm not sure how it would. Yeah, for the metal, you have to score it first and then you do the primer so it has a little bit of tooth. Uh-huh. I don't think you could do that for glass. So I'm when guessing, you say scoring, I'm, 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 I'm expecting you mean like sandblast it or something like that? Just rub it gently with some sandpaper, oh, okay. a light grade sandpaper, just to create a little something for the paint or the primer to grab onto. Got it. That makes sense. So if you could paint on a functional piece of art, what would it be? What would I do? I think glass would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I have a, a plant pot that my daughter gave me that she wants me to paint something trompe l'oeil on it um cool. so it's sitting there and I want to paint on that <laughs> but I have no real I'm, I'm just not really interested in the not unconventional surfaces right now I would think that if I when I thought of them it was more things that I could repurpose right you know, something that you get from a thrift store it could be pottery and then using the actual thing to incorporate it with the art piece with my style of artwork like trump Lloyd, like something's coming out of whatever it is I'm painting yeah. Um, so pottery would be cool. Vases, vases or vases, whatever. Cutting boards, you know, stuff like that. It'd be kind of fun. Cool. How big is the flower pot that your daughter gave you? Oh, gosh. What is that? Uh, maybe it's about an eight inch tall pot. Maybe okay. Six inch, something like that. It's terracotta? I think so. It's white, so I don't have to do a whole lot to it. I okay. think I'm gonna use acrylic for that, so... And I'm not going to prime it. <laughs> okay. Directly on it. Cool. Oh, so you have acrylic paints. I do. Yeah. I paint, I've painted with acrylic many times, but I don't paint with it much anymore. Yeah. So for me, I basically have an upcycled object. Someone gifted me a hood to a Jaguar. A hood? A car hood. Oh, wow. To a Jaguar. And I, I'm going to do a painting on it eventually. And I think it will probably have a Jaguar on it somewhere. <laughs> it's oh, huge. Wow. It's in my yeah. garage. Like an actual car hood. Yeah. Not a ornament. A hood. Okay. <laughs> an actual car hood. I like that. Yeah. So I got to paint Are you going to put it on the car? Back on the car? Or? I don't think so. Yeah. I, th I think we're going to have to figure out how to hang it. And yeah. there's the back of the hood that has... The insulation, I guess, that would sit on the engine. Uh -huh. And we have to figure out either how to remove that or we're going to cover it with fabric. Huh. But um, I say we because I need help because it's really heavy. Oh. <laughs> I can tell moving it around. Gosh, that sounds, that'll be fun. Yeah. Prime it then, I guess. Yeah, I have to prime it. I'm, I don't want to score it. Oof. Well, I'll figure it out when I tackle it. <laughs> That sounds fun. Yeah. So, okay, well, we will be right back with our art news. Hello and welcome back. 
Today we have our art news segment, and it is about a UK artist named Mr. Doodle. Have you heard of Mr. Doodle? I haven't heard of Mr. Doodle, not until I read the article. I haven't either. I saw it in a People magazine, and I was like, what? Artist? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. It, it's a funny, cute, weird little story about this very young artist in his, is he said like his mid twenties, uh-huh. which means that he was really young three years ago, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> when he decided to cover his entire house in drawings and it was to fulfill a childhood dream. And I guess he started the project. He documented it on Instagram and he got like 3 million followers Wow! and he somehow had the financial resources to purchase a one and a half million dollar estate in which it was all white and he covered it in his artwork. He said it took 238 gallons of white paint, 401 cans of black spray paint for the outside and 286 bottles of black drawing paint for the inside and 2,296 pen nibs. Hmm. That's really funny. I mean, just thinking about the whole thought of him thinking it was his childhood dream to draw on the walls all over his house. I mean, just <laughs> think of that, how much trouble you can get into as a kid doing that. And he's right? a grown adult now. And he's like, neener, neener. I'm going to draw all <laughs> over the place, all over <laughs> my walls, all over my ceilings, my bed. And it looks good now. <laughs> much better. Right. He would have if he was a little guy. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess his real name is Sam Cox. He's known professionally as Mr. Doodle. And his pieces, they're black and white. I guess his wife, Elena or Alina, she's an artist and she does the color part, but the house is all in black and white. It's all monotone. It's crazy. I saw it. I mean, it's it looks good. I would have to have a vacation home. Also, because I know I couldn't stay there all the time. It would drive me nuts. Just seeing the same artwork and stuff on the walls in your own house. Just you want to change things, switch things out every now and then. Right, right. It was pretty crazy. And I guess if you saw there was a video and he does a, or maybe it was on his Instagram and he does a walking tour and he explains the different themes of each of the rooms, the stairs he has the part of the stair that faces you, not when you're walking on it, if you're just looking, I guess was all the angels. And then the flat part where you would step was all devils. Huh. But his work reminded me a lot of Keith Haring. Did you see that? Yeah, it reminded me of that too. Yeah, so that was pretty wild. I liked it. It was inspiring. I actually think it was, it's inspiring, mostly because I, I can't imagine that kind of commitment, unless you can afford that kind of commitment, meaning, ah. Uh, I'll paint all over the walls. And if I get bored with it, I could just paint all over it again and remove it. I just think it's just a lot of work. That's it is. <laughs> it was as far as like, oh, you can kind of go big and you can go crazy and nothing's permanent. You can get rid of it. You don't have to stick with it for the rest of your life. And I guess he broke some auction house records. They've been auctioning his artwork and just amazed. I guess it's done very well in China or in the Asian countries. He's been having a lot of success of I think before the house project, he actually had a designer art toy made of him, though, not of his artwork, because he has this like Mm -hmm. wild red hair. He looks like he's a descendant of the Van Gogh family. So yeah, it was very cool. Definitely a heavy Keith Haring influence. And he shows himself, his videos are very slick. And he's just holding the marker. And he like starts in a corner. It just goes through like a whole wall. It's seconds. Arrows right through it. I mean, the reason why I find it inspiring is because I'm having a hard time committing to what I want to put on my back patio on the wall. 
And that's the small space. Are you going to paint a mural <laughs> on your back patio? Yeah, I haven't done murals before and I don't think I want to do them. But this one, which faces my back window, I will see every morning. So I'm thinking I might have to paint Cool. That. So how big is it? Oh, gosh. Maybe it's about eight feet tall and horizontally, I don't know, 20 feet. I'm not good at that. That's really big. Okay. You do it all by yourself? Are you going to have some family members help block stuff in? Yeah. My kids will probably block some things in, I imagine, but it's going to just be very casual. I mean, the design I'll make will be something I'll take very seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's just paint. You can paint right over any mistakes and whatnot. So yeah, it's not quite as permanent as like a tattoo, right? (laughs) No, no. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. And this came at a good time seeing this article makes me think, yeah, just go for it. Just put something on there. Are you going to do it in latex paint or like hardware paint or acrylics? I'm thinking I want to get mural paint. I'm going to go to Presida Eyes on 24th in the Mission okay, and get their paint because it was recommended. What's it called? I never heard of that. It's Presida Eyes. They run murals. They do murals all over the Mission. They have an organization in the Mission, but they have a place on 24th Street. David Young, who's a muralist here in San Francisco too, he recommended that paint. What are you making? I am doing some artwork in the backyard, but we built giant wood panels that I'm painting on and then we'll hang them in the yard so it can be like a rotating backyard mural exhibit. Very cool. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. And so I, I've already roughed in two of the panels, but they're not as big as yours. Well, I think that wraps up our episode. And where can we find you online, Jen? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at j.l.kingart and on my website, www.jlkingart.com. Great. And I am at Sky's Art Shop on Instagram and skiesart.com. Um, and if you would like to follow the podcast, it is at Off the Easel Podcast on Instagram. And please follow and like wherever you listen to your podcast. As Keith Herring once said, children know something that most people have forgotten. So stay safe and happy creating. Yay.